Welcome to Corbell CareerCast, the podcast from the Office of Career and Professional Development of the Joseph Corbell School of International Studies. Today, we're excited to be joined by Corbell student Kristen McNeil, who will interview Corbell alum Amy Dempsey, who works for PATH. Thank you for joining us here today. Hi, Amy. I first want to say thank you so much for being here today. Um, I'm really excited to get the chance to speak with you. I was wondering, maybe for our listeners, you can give us a brief introduction uh, when you went to Corbell, what you studied while you were here, and what where you work and what your position is now. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, as was mentioned, my name is Amy Dempsey. I studied international development and global health affairs at Corbell from 2011 to 2013. Wonderful. And um, where do you work now and what role do you have in this company? I work at a global health nonprofit organization called PATH, and I am a communications officer. Um, My role is divided in three ways. I support our primary healthcare communications program, our market dynamics program, and one project within our digital and data program. Wonderful. And diving a little bit deeper into your role at PATH, what would you say your day-to-day is like? Who are you interacting with the most? Uh, What projects are you currently working on? Sure. So I spend most of my time working to tell the story of the two programs that I mentioned, the Market Dynamics Program and the Primary Healthcare Program. I spend a lot of time speaking and collaborating with the leaders of those programs and also working with some of the more focused and nuclear communicators within those programs to make sure that I'm understanding what our various projects and health areas are doing so that I can ladder up that information into our programmatic storytelling. Um, My days start very early in the morning. I'm often on the phone by 6 a.m. and I have several calls in the mornings. And so um, there are plus and minuses to that. The plus is being that I can often like sign off a couple hours early and have a longer afternoon and evening. Um, But no two days are the same. Things move very quickly for me. And um, it's really interesting and exciting. And I feel really lucky to be in a role where I'm just constantly learning because there's so much that PATH is doing in those two programs. And I'm just always learning about them. For, for those of us who aren't um, as familiar with PATH, can you speak a little bit about PATH's mission, uh, the different communities that PATH works with? Sure, absolutely. So our mission is to advance health equity through innovation and partnerships. Um, We recently came out with our PATH Strategy 2025, and we have three strategic priorities within that strategy. One is preparing for and responding to emerging health threats like COVID-19, climate change, antimicrobial resistance. Um, We are also working to improve public health outcomes through science and technology. And so at our office here in Seattle, we actually have a lab where we are create developing and iterating on new global health technologies like the Nifty Cup, which helps women um, who are breastfeeding feed their babies. Uh, we also have a diagnostics team, which is putting together 
tools and um, other kinds of products that enhance diagnostic capabilities in primary healthcare settings. Um, and then we also are working to build up health systems globally by supporting country governments to identify ways in which they can allow better decision-making at like a subnational level or however they however they have decentralized their health system so that their health funding can better respond to the actual needs of those communities. Oh, that's really important work. It seems like you guys are in a lot of different moving parts of global health affairs and public health. Um, and I'm wondering, can you share your pathway into this field? Was this a field that you always knew you wanted to go into or did something spark this passion for you? Um. Yeah, I I get I get this question a bit, and I think that um, the answer, the quick answer, is just that it like kind of fell into my lap. So when I was at Corbell, actually, I there were two certificate programs at the time. I'm not sure what is there now, but there was a humanitarian assistance certificate and the global health affairs certificate, and I was just thinking that. I should get one of them just in case someday I ended up working in a humanitarian setting or with an organization that worked in humanitarian settings, or if I ended up in a job that had a, a global health component. So I applied for the Global Health Affairs Certificate Program and was accepted into that. And as soon as I started taking the Global Health Affairs coursework, I just really fell in love with all of the material that I was studying and um, all of the classes that I was taking. And I, it was just very clear to me pretty immediately that I wanted to work in global health from that point on. That's a, that's a good segue for my next question, which is while at Corbell, what experiences really stood out to you as you reflect on your career trajectory and where you are today that that really shaped, um, that shaped where you, where you wound up? I think there were specific classes that really stood out to me. Sandy Johnson's class on data, health data for decision-making. I don't remember if that's like the exact title of the class, uh, but her class was hard. Um, but it was kind of a bap getting baptized by fire type of class. Um, and it was super useful. I also really liked the first global health affairs course I took with Randall Kuhn. That was like the intro course um, to global health work. And I think that, you know, just what I was able to study in some of some of the classes for the different papers that came out of them um, or the different papers that I had to submit for my finals, I mean, um, those were really just, you know, it was just more in depth and more rigorous research for me where, and it really just solidified the fact that I wanted to go into global health. It's always really cool hearing different people's experiences um, and, and what they take from their time in, in different education settings. And I'm wondering what are some skills that stand out to you that you've either gained um, at Corbell or after that you put to use in your field on a daily basis? 
Yeah. So I work in communications and prior to going to Corbell, I had a communications background. I studied journalism in my undergrad and I worked as a reporter for a couple of years. And so writing has always been something that I felt was a strength of mine. Um, and I continue to think that writing, being able to write is something that everyone, no matter what field they work in, needs to be able to do well. Um, Something that I have learned, though, throughout my time since graduating Corbell is that it's really important to always be thinking ahead about what new skills are like going to be required in your space five years from now. And so like data visualization is something that I'm not like I'm not a data visualization person, but being able to work with data visualization people so that I can tell them this is what we want to convey in this way to this audience, you know, is, is something that I need to be able to explain so they can take what I give them and run with it and create something beautiful. Um, and also like digital marketing um, is something that is, I'm still learning, but everything is digital. And when I graduated from Cornell, that wasn't necessarily the case. And so digital marketing and just marketing principles in general is something that I've had to learn and that I continue to learn. And, um, you know, eventually I think I'll probably try to get some type of certificate in digital marketing just so that I can have that on my resume. But I think um, something that I've just, you know, I keep, I always come back to is like, don't ever get super just comfortable and content with the skill set that you have now. Always be looking ahead to future skill sets that you're going to need so that you can stay employed. Um, because, you know, in this world that we live in, that's always changing, it's really easy to just like not keep up and just get really comfortable. And then you're, you know, it's hard to stay marketable in the job search if you do that. No, that's, that's wonderful advice, especially being a first year student. And so I'm wondering, do you have any advice, um, or can you speak on for first and second year students at Corbell, what kind of experiences um, you would recommend students seeking out while while at their studies? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I know Corbell requires, or at least when I was there, Corbell required internships to graduate. I think, um, you know, be really proactive with your internship search and really intentional with your search. And I don't really know how if like it's more common now for internships to be paid, but I was never able to, I would not have been able to do an internship that was unpaid. So I only searched for internships that were paid and luckily I got a really great one. And so my advice would be like, only take an, a paid internship. Um, that's probably easier said than done. But that would be one thing. I also think that um, it's really important to work with a career center. I worked really closely with Mira and Rayanne a lot in my, especially in my second year. Um, and after I graduated, when I was applying for jobs a lot, I mean, they were reviewing my cover letters on like a weekly basis after I graduated. And I think that they... I learned a lot from them um, when it came to cover letter writing, when it came to skills that I wanted to amplify on my resume and what I didn't want to amplify on my resume. So I think that was a really, really 
helpful for me. And I think that it is an underappreciated resource for students, um, or at least it was when I was there. And I just think that uh, students need to, you know, take advantage of the fact that that exists because that is not something that all graduate schools at DU and elsewhere have. I mean, I think DU as a university has a career center, but like other colleges within the DU system, they don't all have that. And so I would just encourage students to really work with the, the career center as much as they can. We love to hear that. <laughs> um, it's helpful. Like it does pay off. I really believe that it does pay off. So yeah, not just it's, it's a, it's a great resource. I mean, I, I, I'm, in, I work there as a part-time student and I, I feel, I feel lucky to be able to have access and um, I definitely see the value. I'm wondering what are some skills that you, in your field employers look for um, in terms of qualifications or um, skills that you should have coming in while applying to entry-level positions? I mean, I think it, it depends on where you're looking, like what city you want to be in. I think a lot of Corbell students migrate to D.C. after graduation. Um, and I think the job search is really hard. Like it's really, really hard to get your first gig right after graduation because there are so many people coming to D.C., so many people who are already in D.C., from Georgetown, George Washington University, American University, and Johns Hopkins. So it's really hard to stand out in the crowd. Um, I think that be really intentional with your job search. Don't waste your time on applying for jobs that you're not qualified for. And I think it's just really important to be very intentional with your search and only apply for jobs that like you actually want. And again, I think that's another thing that might be a little bit easier said than done. Only, you know, so many people want to like bartend when you have a master's degree and you're actually, you're actively hunting for a, a job that is in the field you just studied. Um, but I think that, yeah, you know, only just be intentional about things. I also think it's really important to, for me, I did two internships when I was at Corbell. I did one in the summer with USAID in Ethiopia in between my first and second year. And when like the holidays came around my second year at school, I didn't have a plan after graduation. But what I did know is that I did not want to stress out job searching while I was finishing up my last year. And USAID reached out and said, we were happy with you last summer. Do you want to come back to another USAID mission next summer to do another internship? And that was like easy. That was an easy yes for me because having another USAID internship on my resume was only going to be go a good thing. It was going to give me experience in a different country and could go there, get some great experience and job search while I was there instead of having to worry about how I was going to financially support myself while I was also trying to study, write a bunch of huge papers. Um, and I think, and so that was an easy decision for me, but I think that when I was telling friends that I was just going to do a second internship, a lot of them were like raising their eyebrows at me, just saying, why, like, why not just try to get a job? 
And it was a really good decision for me. I would do it again in a heartbeat that exact same way. Um, and so I would say like, don't be afraid to do a second internship. I also would say, um, you know, don't be afraid to look at consultancies. I mean, my first job after my internship was a consultant role. Um, it was not full time. I mean, it was like sometimes full time, sometimes it was part time, but I wasn't like a permanent employee. And so I didn't get benefits. You know, I wasn't paying taxes with each paycheck. I had to think about that in advance or like in the future. But that was really my first gig, like outside of a, an internship. And it gave me an opportunity to then get another overseas plat another overseas position that typically wasn't open to consultants, but there wasn't a lot of interest in this fellowship program. Um, and so I was a consultant and I went to the HR guy and I just said, I don't know what your interest here looks like. I'm not a permanent employee here, but I would be interested in this if you are willing to open it up to me. And he said, yes. And so like that sent me back overseas to just get more really cool experience. And so, you know, I'm, I would just encourage people to think outside the box a little bit and, you know, do things that maybe don't seem a little, don't seem super straightforward and like, don't fit the like quote unquote template that a lot of people just like fall into. Well, I think something that really stood out about your background and your experiences is that you have experience being a coordinator, you have experience being a consultant, you have experience both in the nonprofit and private sector. And so I was wondering, maybe you can share a little bit about the differences between being a consultant um, or working as like a full-time employee or coordinator, as well as the differences um, working in a nonprofit sector and the private sector. So the main difference for me, I mean, yeah, working as a permanent employee somewhere and being a consultant, like it can be, you can get really good experience. Um, it allows, I, I did it first, like that was my first role. And so it allowed me to have time to continue job hunting. So that was really nice. And it also created a lot of flexibility, like timing wise because you weren't, I wasn't working like a full nine to five Monday through Friday kind of schedule. I just had some deliverables that I had to get done by a certain day and time. And as long as I did that, like they would keep renewing my contract. So that was nice. Um, but being a consultant long-term and, and only being a consultant while it gives you a lot of flexibility it can also be a little tricky because it's not, it's often not consistent. And so, you know, you might have a lot of clients all at once and then no clients, you know, uh, in the next quarter or something. And so it can be financially, it can be, you have to be very good with like planning out what your budget is going to look like if you don't have five clients all the time. So I think that's one thing. Also, you know, it's, it gets, you have to be good with like putting a certain amount of money aside so that when tax time shows up, you have it ready to go. So you can just like write a big check and that's not fun, but it happens. You need to do it. Um, so that's like, those are the main things, you know, I think that you paying for your own benefits and your own healthcare and that kind of thing, you have to do all of that as a consultant. 
but there's also a lot of flexibility. You can work for more than one organization at a time. You can do a diverse, you can, you know, have a diverse body of work and that can be really interesting and fulfilling for a lot of people, but there's just not as much security. Um, and in terms of working like private sector versus nonprofit, I think it really depends on the place. Um, I prefer the nonprofit space. It's just much more mission driven, typically. Um, and I think that that's like the majority of my my experience is in the nonprofit world. And um, I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's been a really good home for me. People are they're, people are good. In my experience, people are good. Um, mission driven work is important. And I think uh, there's just a lot of focus on how an impact can be made. Um, I think it's it's really important and to know what what drives you and if you are mission driven or if you're looking um, looking at other things when looking at positions, um, what stands out to you. And I'm wondering, just in terms of advice for like looking back, if you could tell yourself um, one thing or something that you wish you knew your first year at Corbell, um, what would that be? I have a good answer for that. <laughs> I um, so I think, as I mentioned, I had a background in communications, um, and I, for some reason, when I was in school, I did not want to be a commun. I did not want to go into communications after graduating from Corbell, and the career center kept saying, this is a really important skill and really important background that you have. Don't downplay it on your applications. Don't downplay it on your resume. You really want to amplify this and highlight it as much as you can. And I just didn't really listen to them. Um, and yeah, I was just really stubborn for some reason on that. And I didn't listen. And I think it just took me longer to find a job. Um, that I was going to enjoy because what I've learned about myself is that like the things that I'm good at are the things that I enjoy doing the most. And so, you know, I've had several communications roles since I've graduated and I've really liked them all. And I think my fear at the time was that I was going to get stuck in like one type of communications work. I didn't fully understand that there is a really happy marriage between technical work and communications and you can be a technical communicator and I did not realize that when I was in school and so that is why I was downplaying my communications background and it just you know it kind of just took time and took a like you learn by doing kind of mindset to figure out that I could do both and and love it and so that's what I've done like you know, there's a certain job where I realized that is like the perfect combination of my background and what I want to do in the future. And so I ended up getting that job and it really set the foundation for roles that I've had since then. I feel like you just spoke to every student <laughs> that will be listening with, you know, you have, you come into Corbell with your own background and, um, you know, you, you have an idea of what you want to do or what you don't want to do, but figuring out how to to merge the skills you're coming with and the skills that you're obtaining at Corbell, I think is something that every student can relate to. And yeah. that's just really wonderful advice. Um, and I just want to thank you again. I think our time is almost up. Okay. And 
Um, I really appreciate you taking the time and speaking with us. I know that I know that all the students that are listening are going to really resonate <laughs> with your story. And, and I think it'll get a lot of students excited about what's after Corval. Great. Great. Yeah. I loved chatting with, uh, with you. And if ever there is, you know, a request to, for an informational interview or something with a Corbell student that comes through the office, I'm always happy to engage. I feel very lucky to have had a lot of people share their, their guidance with me. So I'm always happy to do that in return. Thank you, Amy. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kristen. And thank you, Amy. And we are so grateful for the Corbell alums that come back to share this experience because it's so impactful for our students. And I have to give a shout out as the internship program manager to how much you highlighted the importance of internships. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) My mantra, my mantra. Absolutely. Well, thank you both. And thank you to our audience for joining us here today. And we wish you the best and we will see you soon.